Welcome to Cuz We're Nerds, the podcast that covers trends and new releases in comics, movies, video games, board games, and much more. I'm your host, Caleb, and with me is my brother, Jacob. Hey, everybody. Following our mismatched March theme, today's episode is a bit of a smorgasbord. We'll start off with the Battle for Rokugan board game and finish up with the Jump Force video game. What will we think? Find out on Cuz We're Nerds. Jacob, welcome. You're in the flesh this week. I am in front of you, Caleb, because I decided to surprise you this weekend. <laughs> yeah, you came out of nowhere. I thought someone broke into my house. <laughs> Luckily for you, because you were just standing there, it was just me. <laughs> yeah, so literally I had just gotten home from work, and I, I was coming back into like the kitchen area, and I heard these steps, and Courtney wasn't home yet, and I wasn't sure what was going on. <laughs> Yeah, I had uh, I had coordinated it with Courtney, though, to make sure you didn't have any plans, because knowing my luck, I would have gotten up here, not told anybody, you guys would have been going out of town. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, that would have been bad. But uh, yeah, it's good to have you here, man. Thanks for coming down. Yeah, man. It's been fun so far. Yeah. I leave later today, but we've had a blast playing some Battle for Rokugan? Rokugan, that's right. Rokugan. So it's been a while since we did a board game episode feel like we can't say it in the title and in, in the intro if we don't actually do it <laughs> that's true i don't i don't think i've ever done a board game with you no I, an episode i think we've only done one actually it's it was like the top top or best i think i titled it best board games or best tabletop yeah. games uh and i did it with zach and blaine yeah yeah i think that's right because i was i was trying to think yeah i was trying to think if i had done one with you but i think you've only done one, maybe two. You might have done two. Maybe. Just a quick one. Not like a whole episode. Yeah, well, we've, I think we've talked about some. But, um, yeah, because most of the people that are on here, me, Zach, Blaine, you, we love board games. We love tabletop games. But uh, we just don't have a lot of time to play them. And we're all scattered about. So I think yeah. that's part of it, too, is, like, for me and you to play, we have to be in the same place. And yep. you live an hour and a half away, which isn't terrible. But, um, you know. Better than our cousins, you know, 24 hours away, so. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, a Oof. lot better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. So uh, we're talking about Battle for Rokugan. What is this game? This is a game made by Fantasy Flight. Uh, it was released a couple years ago. Uh, I don't know exactly. I think maybe two years ago. It is a, uh, what do you call it? Like a land control style game where you're trying to vie for the most territory uh it takes place in the fictional world of legend of the five rings that's a series that's got novels and uh i almost said novels and books same thing novels <laughs> <laughs> novels and uh, other board games and card games and stuff so it's like a whole thing it started in i think 95 uh and it's been going for a long time but i don't know anything about any of that the only thing I know is the game that we played. Yeah, I was going to say, Caleb, you don't need to know anything about the series of the Five Wings for this game. Like, there's no, there's no, like, backst. It's not a game that you have to play past games to understand. Yeah, it's pretty self-contained. There is some flavor text in the manual. I, the ma I call it a manual. The rule book. Um, but it's not, like, I mean, it's there if you want it, but you, you really don't need it. The world itself is sort of a fictionalized... Uh, feudal Japan. There are some mixes of like China and other Asian countries in there, but 
if you're just looking at it, you're going to think it's more like Japan. Yeah. And if you're, if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking you're trying to get a layout in your head, think of like a risk board game. Mm-hmm. That's kind of exactly how it's laid out, but in a fictional feudal Japan. Yeah. Like it, you said. Yeah. It's definitely risk with some extra layers on top. Uh, if you've ever played a rising sun, is a pretty big tabletop game. It's that, but dumbed down. So it's kind of in the middle of Risk and Rising Sun. Uh, Rising Sun is great, but it's got a ton of miniatures. It's got a ton of boxes. It's a lot to set up. There's a lot there. It's a lot of storage space. It's a lot to keep up with. Risk is great, but maybe it's too simple for you. Or maybe uh, the game goes on and on forever. Mm -hmm. This game is in between where there's some extra stuff going on, but... There's rules in place so that the game isn't going to go on forever. And also, uh, it's enough that it's not just boring. Exactly. And this game is meant for two to five players. I don't know if we said that already, but there's a possibility you could have seven. There's a like two or three cards that you're kind of missing, but you could walk around it. Um, there's definitely seven different territories, like you talked about, Caleb. Basically, how it's set up is different landlords control different areas of the map. And so there's seven different kingdoms that you could think of. And uh, how the game is set up is normally there would only be five of those playing. But like we talked about the other day, you could play with seven. You you could play with seven. But the issue is, I think if you do that, two or three players are going to be knocked out of the game very early. Mm -hmm. And if that's something you're fine with, you could probably try it. But... Most people aren't going to be fine with that. They're going to yeah. think that that's boring or, you know, the people that are knocked out aren't going to have a good time. So uh, I think that's why they bumped it down. But yeah, to give an overview. Um, so in Risk, you've got like the little countries that you vie over. In this, they're provinces, which makes sense with the Asian theme. Uh, and those provinces are grouped into territories instead of countries or continents the way they are in uh, Risk. And typically, a territory is made up of three provinces. There's a few that have uh, four. I think there's two that have four. But other than that, uh, once you control those three different areas, you control the whole territory. Yeah, and there, there's also two others that are one-offs that only have one province in them, but they don't really count towards your winning points. Which is a good point to talk about how to win this game, is at the end of the game, you want to have the most honor points. And there's several different ways to get points, like we'll discuss. But um, the main way is to control provinces and to control the entire territory. Yeah, so in the course of the game, there it's five rounds for the entire game. And in one round, basically, what you do is everybody gets troops. Uh, they are allowed to place them out onto the board. But nobody knows what those are because they're these tokens and they're placed face down. Then once everybody's done placing them, they flip face up. And you commence with the battles, right? After the battles are over, people have control of new territories, and then that will play into the points that you end up getting at the end of the game. Now, one way this is a little bit more in-depth than Risk is that with these tokens, there's certain places that you can lay these, um, but you can fake lay them down. For example, uh, there's a token in the game called Navy. And you can only use it if the land that you're attacking is connected to a sea, essentially. Well, you can lay it in the middle of a land and your opponent may think, oh, he's laying his army there, which are the land troops. And But once you reveal it, it's actually a ship and you were just using it as a deception to trick them 
away from your real plan, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I kind of think of it as a mix between risk and chess. Mm-hmm. Because this is very much more strategic than risk. I mean, risk you can be strategic, but it's a lot of do I attack or do I not attack? This is a lot more of where do I attack? When do I attack? What can I use to deceive my opponent to do things that I want them to do or to draw them away from areas that I want to attack so that I can uh, get it easily, so that I can attack the province and gain control of it very easily. And this is not something, deceiving people is not something that the rules discourage. In fact, they give you a specific token that's blank in order to deceive other players throughout the game. Right. So... We've talked about these tokens. There's three main types of tokens. There's basically your infantry, there's your navy, and then you've got uh, these special spy things called ninjas. or Shinobi. Shinobi, mm-hmm. which is Japanese for ninja. Um, and each one plays differently. Like Jacob kind of said, you can basically use the navy on areas that are beside water. Coastal provinces. Coastal provinces. You can use the infantry on any area. Uh, so long as you're beside it. And then your shinobi can kind of be placed anywhere. They're like your trump card, uh, and they're very powerful. But another cool thing about this game is that not only do you have those, you have pieces that kind of affect the way battles turn out. One of them is called a raid, and it basically takes a province out of the game so that nobody can buy for it anymore uh the in-game story of that is you burn the whole province (laughs) very feudal japan-esque um and then you also have um blessings that you can give to your troops to increase their battle power and there's one more diplomacy diplomacy Mm -hmm. Uh, which basically means that uh if you play it you cannot attack from that province nor can you get attacked essentially you have that province for the game unless another card uh, specifies otherwise. And that's pretty much the gist of the game. I know listening to this is not very easy to imagine what's going on, but the game is actually very simple. There are some cards that you can get as you play the game. Uh, You get those if you own all of the provinces in a territory at the end of a round, but everything else is pretty self-explanatory. It's pretty simple. Jacob and I have played it twice now, and it took us the first time an hour and a half, Yeah. even though we had to reference the rules a lot. The second time, it took just over an hour. Mm-hmm. And I told Caleb the other day, I think with two people, you're looking at right about an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes, especially after the first time you play. But after you add a person, for each person you add after that, I mean, the time's going to go up. It's not going to stay around the same area because it's a lot of... I mean, it's strategy-based. So... You may have an entire plan for the game, and Caleb may lay his navy ship somewhere that you did not expect, and <laughs> you are just, you got to relook at the entire game. And so it takes a little bit of time, but it is definitely worth the time. Yeah, I'm not sure how much the time's going to go up with more people. I wanted to play it with Courtney as well, like the three of us together. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't able to, so we didn't really get to see. The game, I think, estimates that it's supposed to take 90 minutes to play. Yeah. So... We're right around that mark with two people. So I can't imagine it goes too much longer with five, but it's got to go a little bit more. The thing that's interesting that it's hard to know is, so each, we said it could go from two to five people, right? And so 
basically the way the teams work in the game is that you're different clans is how I think of it, right? So you have like a dragon clan and you have a unicorn clan and a phoenix clan, a crab clan, uh, scorpion clan. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. So there's seven of them. And each, each person is assigned a clan. So each person has their own clan. They're acting as that clan's daimyo. Exactly. And so the way, the reason it's hard to tell exactly how long a game is going to go is because each clan has a different amount of pieces, army, uh, infantry, if you want to call them that, navy, things like that. But they also each have a special ability, which doesn't complicate the game a ton, but it does change a little bit. So it's hard to tell how much time exactly that would add. Definitely, definitely. Um, this is, I actually bought this game back i think during black friday they had it on sale i'd been thinking about it for a while last year when i went up to minnesota to hang out with zach um we actually went to one of the fantasy flight stores because they're headquartered up there and i saw this game and i thought it looked really cool but i wasn't quite sure and then on black friday it was on sale uh i'm just now getting around to it (laughs) what is that four months later so that tells you how often i get to play games but this is really fantastic. I think I paid maybe 20 bucks for it, 20, 30 bucks for it. Uh, I think it's definitely worth 40 bucks, maybe 50 or 60. That's getting a little high up there because it's pretty much a board game with a bunch of tokens yeah. and some cards. There's not a whole lot of components to it. Um, but gameplay wise, this is fantastic. I think this is probably something we'll play a lot. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I don't know. I had mentioned it briefly. Do you know if there's any expansions? We had talked about it briefly. I think you said you didn't know if there was any. I don't know. If I can check real quick. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it would be easy to check because the way the game is set up is on a whole side of the board is just the land kind of ends. So you could easily make another board for, uh, you know, like a extra content piece and just have it at the end. Um, but I'm not sure... If there actually is one. Okay, so I'm looking right now. It says on Board Game Geek there are no expansions. There are seven different versions, uh, which look just to be language uh, differences. Mm. Looks like there's only one edition of the game so far. Interesting. It did come out in English in 2017, so it has been like two years or so, a year and a half maybe. So there is a possibility that they might make a i want to say dlc it's not it's not dlc (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not it's not a video game (laughs) that's for video games but that they might make a um oh my caleb help me out what is it called expansion expansion thank you (laughs) man i keep thinking of dlcs um but yeah like i said i think it's a super fun game i think the time is really really good amount of time to play a game it doesn't take forever like some of those games like carcassonne can take a really really long time yeah and I love those games, but sometimes, you know, you just want to sit down and you have maybe two hours to play a game, an hour and a half, and this would be perfect for that. Um, and also, I like this because two people is a good number. And some of those bigger games, you can't play with just two people because there's too many pieces mm-hmm. or it takes forever. But this game, you actually have set amount of pieces that you use depending how many players you have playing. Right. Yeah. When we sat down to play it, I was a little concerned that... A game like this wasn't going to work as well with two players. There's a lot of games I have that are fun, but when you go down to two players, you have to do this two-player variant. This game doesn't have that. The only difference between a game with five players and a game with two players is that the 
the player who goes first for each round is not randomized. Because there's only two of you, it just flip-flops between you. And so it's it's great. Um, I think that it's very simple for what it is. I mean, there's a lot of these types of games, area control, that can be very complicated, very complex. But like on Board Game Geek, uh, this is listed as just a 2.8 on the weight scale, uh, how weighty the game is. If you're familiar with that, um, that basically tells you how complicated, how long the game is, like how much of an investment it is. Uh, so that's pretty low out of a five point scale. Uh, and it is rated like a 7.6 on there as well. So that's pretty high. Yeah. Now saying that when you open the game, it does look more complicated than it actually is. And there's a lot of pieces um, that you have to kind of stamp out. And it looks at first, you're like, whoa, okay, what am I getting into? But then mm-hmm. once me and Caleb start looking at the instructions, it's really simple. I will say I tried to look up a video how to play because I found that with these types of games, a lot of times it's easier to watch a video to learn how to play. I couldn't find any good ones. There's a couple that are labeled how to play, but they're more of like an overview versus actual detailed instructions. So you do have to read the instructions. They're not that long. I think it's maybe six or seven pages. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of pictures. It's broken down very well for you. There are some things that you'll be confused about till you get to the end because they say, oh, yeah. At this point of the game, this thing will happen, but we'll talk to you about that later. And it's all the way at the end of the rulebook. Yeah. But it's organized very well. Uh, we only had one or two questions, which are actually answered in the rulebook. But they're if you don't think about it, it's kind of hard to know. But a quick Google, uh, going to the Board Game Geek, you can find the answer very quickly. I will say one of my complaints, and I haven't played a ton of Fantasy Flight games, but I've heard that this is a problem of theirs is the packaging. Jacob mentioned how there's a ton of tokens. There's the seven clans. Each clan has uh, two types of tokens. So there's probably, I don't know, 60 tokens per clan. There's seven of them. So there's a lot. This game did not come with any sort of bags to put them in. There's no insert for them to be separated in. And it takes a long time to sort them out. Oh, yeah. I did not. <laughs> so I didn't realize when I was popping them out, Caleb was looking at the instructions and I was going to go in and pop them out. What I didn't realize that they were sectioned off on the cardboard cutout that you punched them out of. But what I didn't think of is that I might want to keep these separated. At first, I thought, you know, that's probably a good idea. But then I started looking at it and I was like, all oh, these look the same. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not the same. So if you do this, get this game, be weary that... Whenever you all popping those out, you do want to go ahead and start sectioning them out because it probably took us, I don't know, 15 minutes to section them out. And it's not a big deal, but it was just a pain. It was- yeah, it's it's annoying because some of them are small and it's kind of hard to tell. Um, luckily, Courtney had some small plastic bags like you get in most games. Drug bags, you know. Right. Not a big deal. Right, for yeah. the cocaine. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we were able to divide them out into those and that's really helpful. I'm really glad she had those. Part of me wants to try to get a custom insert. I know that you can go online and get custom inserts or they have um, systems that you can put in boxes to make your own inserts because there's plenty of room in the box. It's one of those where the two sides are raised and there's a trough in the middle and there's stuff that goes in that trough in the middle, but there's nothing on the sides. You have to peel up the insert and stuff Mm -hmm. the stuff underneath it. I hate it so much. Um, So there's tons of space to actually put the stuff in there. 
but they just didn't do it probably as a cost-cutting measure. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's, I agree with you. It would be nice if, I was actually surprised they didn't have bags because some games that I have come with too many bags and then you have leftover bags. And I think I should save these, but every single time I get a new game, most of the time it has bags. So I'm like, well, it's pointless to save them. And of course, the one time you needed bags, <laughs> you didn't have any bags saved. So that, yeah, I, I would go with that. But with the actual game itself, I don't think I have really any complaints. I mean, hmm. Um, no, I, I, I'm trying to think because we just played this for the first time yesterday and then we played it again earlier today. So it's still fairly fresh. Um, I think it's pretty good. The, the one thing I'll say is as with most of these types of games, you do need a bit of space to play. Yeah. Uh, we were on just a standard kitchen table is probably, I don't know, six foot by three foot, three and a half feet, maybe. Um, and the board game takes up a good portion of that. Then everybody also has a little screen that they put their stuff behind so that your opponents can't see it, plus all of your tokens. So if you're going to play with more than two people, make sure you plan ahead and you're playing at a good space because the last thing you want to do is get all set up and realize you don't have enough room. Exactly. And I would say, I don't know if this is necessarily a complaint. It was just something to kind of be wary of is that whenever you're playing this game, since all your tokens all face down, um, the cardboard cutout that Caleb says that's kind of a divider tells you how many troops you have of each different kind, how many tokens. The one thing that I maybe would say, and it's, again, it's not really a complaint, is that you have to be really mindful of what you're laying down. Because like the Navy, you only have like four or five tokens for the Navy. And so if you're not really paying attention that you've started to use these Navy, then you're going to get to the end and really need Navy and look down and realize you've already used all of them Mm -hmm. um because we won't get into specifics but there is a way to save tokens from previous rounds if you use specific other tokens (laughs) um so navy may be something you want to save but that's my only thing you do get a discard pile which i'm sure you could look at i guess if you wanted to if you were really curious Mm -hmm. but um yeah other than that the divider that you were talking about that you lay your stuff behind Mm -hmm. is really nice because it has what each token does on it and it also has your clan special ability on there so it's a nice reference to have instead of constantly having to go back to the instructions yeah Uh, i will say it would have been nice to have um a step-by-step overview of the game there is one on the back of the rule book there's a couple of things that are left out of that that i wish weren't and it might have been nice to actually have one that was separate from the rule book so that you could set it off to the side. Once you've played this two or three times, I don't think you're going to need it. But to get started out, sometimes there's just a lot going on. So that would help a lot. Going back to what you said, though, about the different tokens and when you can play them and stuff. Uh, I actually think that's a, a really cool thing about the game. Mm-hmm. For me, keeping up with the ones that I had played wasn't very hard. But what you can also do is basically count cards and keep track of what your opponent has played so that Ah. you know, say it's round five, and you know they've played all these other things, you know that what they're laying down this time can't be any of those because they've used them all. If they have the same amount of troops that you do. If they do, which we're not exactly sure if all the clans have the same number of troops and the same uh, number of each different type of troops. We could probably look at that and find out. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a bit different, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they were the same. And I know there's some small differences, like 
each of the tokens are worth different amounts. So you ha may have an army token that's worth four attack or whatever, and then you may have one that's worth two attack. So I know that yesterday I had two armies of four, and then today I only had one army of four. So I know some things like that change, okay. but I don't know if the overall amount of army members changes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But I really like that aspect of it because it's kind of... It, it goes into the whole, like, diplomacy... Not diplomacy. That's the wrong word. Um, <laughs> like, political nature of it. There's a word for that. I can't think of it. Where you're trying to do something, your opponent's trying to do something, and again, you're trying to figure out what they're doing so you can either stop it, let it happen because you don't care, um, or help them. Maybe in some cases. Maybe you want to drive them to do something uh, because you want to focus your stuff elsewhere where they won't notice it's happening. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's great. I mean, I won both times, so I am a world-class champion at this game. Well, see, it was against me, so it's not that much. I mean, <laughs> I will say I the, the second time, the, the thing that I learned from the first time is that the first time I kind of had an overarching plan more. Um, and I think that hurt me because even though like I got really far away from my overarching plan, I kept trying to pursue it. And I think that hurt me from maybe gaining on other objectives. Whereas the second time I played it, I actually did worse than the first time. <laughs> but but I think it kind of helped me um, adapt to each like circumstance that happened because I wasn't like, I need to do this and only this constantly. So yeah, it's a game that you definitely have to change what your plan is quite often. Uh, at the start of the game, you do get a secret objective that you get a lot more points for. And if you complete it, you get those points. So that's something that you probably want to do. But aside from that, like how you're going to do it or what areas you're going to try to take over anytime a piece is laid down, that can change your entire plan. And so you really have to be flexible, but at the same time, if you are only flexible, you're never going to accomplish anything. Yep, exactly. There's that very fine line that you kind of have to divide the fence on. Yeah, so I think this game is great. It's definitely up my alley. Super strategy. I will say, if you're looking for a game to sit around with a bunch of friends and chat over, I don't know if this is the game, because it is very strategic. The person that's picking where their piece is going to go isn't going to be talking very much, I don't think. Um, so not not maybe necessarily a party-style game, but if all of your friends are into tabletop gaming, if you like games like Carcassonne or Settlers of Catan or even Risk, anything like that, this is the game for you. Yeah. So if you had to, if you had to rate it, Caleb, from like 1 to 5, let's do the same scale that they use, what, what would you rate it based on difficulty, fun, time, 5 being the best, and zero being the worst. Oh, you're talking about Board Game Geek? Yeah. Oh, no, those are two different scales. Oh, are they? There's a weight scale, which is like how complex the game is. That's on a five-point uh... rating. And then there's like your normal, how many stars would you give this? And that's out of 10. Okay, well then take that back. Out of 10, how many stars would you give it? I think that it's probably pretty close to what Board Game Geek has it at. They have it at that 7.6 I would probably put it around there, maybe an eight, maybe a seven, depending on what you're looking for and the type of games you like. Is it the best game I've ever played? No. Is it a the easiest game I've ever played? No. But is it a fun, challenging game that isn't going to go on forever because there are a set number of rounds? Yes. And I think that's a really good sweet spot that uh, it's kind of hard to find games to fill. 
I, I completely understand that. I was actually going to make it at a 7. The reason I'm not going into an 8 is just for the sole fact that I feel like if you played this lots of times, you would kind of get tired of it. There's not a ton of variation. There are all those certain cards that change the map, like, and take things out. So that is nice. But games like, that we've talked about in the past, like D&D, I give higher numbers. But that's just because the variation is there. And with this game, I could see how you would get tired of it. But I easily think you could... I mean, you could play this several times before thinking, eh, let's, let's change to a different game. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I disagree, though. I think okay. it's, I think you could play it for a very, very long time. And the reason is, we only played it with two people. Uh, playing this game with more than two people, you can tell while you're playing it, it would be a completely different experience. There would be so much more happening. And I think that when you bring in even just one more person, that's going to completely shake things up. Even though... You might be the same clans, although I would suggest trying different clans because they all have different powers. Um, and even though you're doing the same steps over and over and over, the situations are going to change. It's like chess. Chess That's is the true. same thing over and over and over, but the board state changes constantly depending on who you're playing against. And that's why people continue to play it. And I kind of think that it's the same thing with this game. That's true. I guess my rating would be based on two people because that's most of the time when we play games it's mainly two sometimes three people but i i could see what you mean yeah okay i guess it's an eight because I, mean, <laughs> I i see what you're saying it's hard to think about it because we haven't played it exactly like that yeah but like he said it's it's easy to tell when you're playing this game can dramatically change with the more amount of people so I, i'll give it an eight just because i can already tell that and we haven't played it yet so yeah cool so I will say, if you like this game, if you play it and you like it, there is another game that it's not the same thing, but it, I would classify it in the same category, and it's called Starship Samurai. I'm pretty sure I've played, I've uh, talked about this on the show before. I actually bought that when I was in Minnesota uh, at the <laughs> Fantasy Flight place. Um, it's I don't think that one's made by Fantasy Flight, but that's also a lot of fun. It also involves trying to um, control areas, but in a much different way from this game. So check that out if you think you like this one. That Yeah, that game is a lot of fun. We've played it twice, I think. I'm pretty sure I lost both times in that too. But <laughs> I'm not that bad at board games, guys. Caleb's just really good. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> all right, cool. Is that all you have to say about this? I think so, yeah. Good game. Go get it. Good yeah, stuff. definitely. And if it's on sale, if you see it on sale, definitely grab it. Good, good, uh, I feel like it's a good holiday item to give. Like, if you mm. know somebody that likes board games, this would be a pretty good, because it's not super hard, doesn't take a lot of time. This is, this is a good holiday gift. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, we're going to change gears, uh, just a little bit, and we're going to jump into Jump Force, no pun intended. So, <laughs> uh... Jump Force is a video game. It is the latest in the Shonen Jump uh, video game series, most of which have not actually come over to the U.S. I think the first one that came over was called J-Stars or something like that. It came out uh, several years ago. Uh, this one is a game that was coming out to celebrate, I think, their 50th anniversary, which was actually last year, but it came out this year. Um so what I'm basically saying is it's got, it's a fighting game. It's got characters like Goku and Naruto and Yu Yu Hakusho characters, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. I actually bought this game when it came out, um, like two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. And you have an 
awesome statue that came with it. Oh, yeah. I should probably talk about that. So the main reason I bought this game, (laughs) pretty much the reason I went to purchase this game was because of the statue. Um, If you got the collector's edition, which is different from the deluxe edition, which is different from whatever other editions they had. There were a lot of Golden, platinum, stando, deluxe. Right. (sighs) So many. It's a Japanese game, so it'd probably be like collector's S plus diamond edition. (laughs) Um, But I, I bought it just because of the statue. And the statue is really awesome. It's uh, a a statue of Luffy, Goku, and Naruto, obviously from uh, One Piece, Dragon Ball Z, and Naruto. Um, and they're all together. They're standing like in this rubble, and they're all facing different directions. It's really cool. Um, I like it a lot. So that's why I bought it um, way back when, when I pre-ordered it, but... As the game was getting closer to coming out, I was getting more and more excited for it because of the stuff I was seeing. Mm-hmm. This game, I I feel like this game had a lot of attention for the, I guess, the trailers for the game. Yeah. Same thing. Um, for the trailers for the game because this was, the graphics, first of all, look really, really good. Especially in the trailers. And it kind of blew me away. And I had never seen a game like this. I know you said there have been other games like this, but a lot of them haven't come to the U.S., um, but this game is awesome. I just started getting an anime, like I've said before, a couple years ago. And so I haven't seen a lot of animes that are in this, but I have seen several that are. And so watching the trailer and seeing, you know, Goku fighting Naruto, fighting Frieza was just awesome. So <laughs> I, I was, I was excited. I didn't buy it just cause I wasn't sure how it was going to be. Um, and I knew Caleb was buying it. So I was hoping I could play it here before going out and getting it. And, uh, yeah, so, Caleb, what do you, what are your opinions on it? <laughs> I guess I'll let you start, because you've played it more than me. And... Yeah, so, I'll, I'll preface this by saying, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, cool, but also, this is weird, <laughs> because the environments are not necessarily photorealistic, but they're, they're very realistically rendered, uh, and the characters, they've done something that I haven't really seen in a video game with anime before, which is where they try to make them look more realistic. They still have the same proportions and everything, but like their clothing is textured the way real clothing would be. Their hair has textures as well. Things that we haven't really seen before. And I wasn't really sure. It looked like it was a game that was hard to follow watching the trailers. Like there's a lot of particle effects going on. There's a lot of movement. Things are very fast. And it would just be hard to keep up with. There's a cutscene for every, like, ultimate, like, every big attack you do. So, like, in the trailers when we were watching it, and even when they released the gameplay, whenever it showed, let's say, Naruto using Rasengan or something like that, it would have a small cutscene, even though that's not his main ultimate. And I was thinking, how are you going to remember, like, where the other person's at, what to dodge, what to, like, do? Because too many cutscenes is a bad thing, but no cutscenes is also a bad thing. Well, it can be a bad thing. In I mean, my opinion, it's, yeah. It's all about the style of yes, it. Yes, yes. Um, so that was my opinion coming into it. I was a little bit worried as it got closer and I saw more. I was a little bit more hopeful, but I was still concerned about being able to keep up with the action. When it came out, if you've been following it, you'll know that there was some pretty intense backlash against this game. Um, a lot of people saying that it's not finished, and there definitely are pieces of that. Uh, the main component of that that I'll complain about is the story. Uh, this game, when you start it, 
It immediately throws you into the story. You don't get a menu. You have to do the story until you get to the hub world, which takes, uh, I don't know, an hour and a half, maybe an hour, hour and a half to get there. And the idea of the story, I think, is pretty interesting. Uh, all of these shonen characters have been thrust into our world, the real world. And uh, you're a bystander on the street. You get hit. You get revived by trunks. And now you're a shonen character. You're a fighter. Um, and you have to help defend the world against the intruders like Frieza. But the way it's executed is pretty poor. Uh, the opening scene is okay, but once you get past that, there's a lot of really terrible animation. Uh, there is just some strange camera work. There's things that's not very interesting. Like if you've ever seen a really low budget Japanese game where all the characters are just standing around, the camera stays in one spot and they talk for 10 minutes, there's some stuff like that. When it came out, you couldn't even skip those cutscenes. They've since patched it so you can. But those kinds of things definitely hold the story back. Uh, as soon as I got to the hub world and I could shut it off, the first time I did, I didn't even go into any other fights. Uh, so that kind of tells you, because I'm a pretty big fan of a lot of these series, Dragon Ball and Naruto specifically, um, you know, I, I grew up with those. So the story being so lackluster... Uh, at least the execution of it was very much a letdown for me. And so I haven't seen the story at all. Because I, um, like I said, I came up here to Spice Caleb and we just played the multiplayer and we looked at the hub world. I would say from what I've seen so far, even when you get to the hub world, Caleb will agree with me because he was the one that was showing me, it's kind of lackluster. There's a few really cool pieces of it, but they haven't done anything with them. It looks like... Like, for example, you start, you're in like a floating spaceship weird thing, and you can go in different areas, and it has uh, parts from the individual mangas, right? So there's, there's three parts. There's Naruto's world, which is the leaf village. There's Dragon Ball, which is... It's like a desert with Korin's, um cast Corrin's tower in the background. Yeah. And then there's the other one, which I don't watch, and it's... It's One Piece. One Piece, yes. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to say One Punch. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> and so those areas are really cool. Um, it really puts you into the world. But the problem is, it's maybe 100 square feet of just, like, three shops, maybe. Yeah, it's tiny. And you can't do anything with them, but they look amazing. They could have done so much more, and it would have been really, really cool... And then I was like, well, Caleb, you know, what about this? What about this? He's like, yeah, you can't do anything. And then the rest of the ship's kind of empty. Yeah, so the hub world is massive. There's these corridors connecting those different areas Jacob's talking about with the, the different series. And they're just super big. And there's nothing there. I haven't played online, so I don't know how it looks when you've got other people there, but I don't know why there would be people down there because there's nothing down there. There's no shops. There's no items you can buy. There's nothing. It's just a massive empty void. And that's kind of frustrating because the hub world itself is, it's okay. It's kind of boring. But like he said, you go into those little areas for each series. Well, the three big series. And those are pretty cool. Probably like my biggest disappointment was I went into the Naruto one and it doesn't put you into the Hinley Village, strangely. It puts you into a forest, which is okay. But right at the back, there's stairs. And it's like, oh, you can go up those. There's going to be something super cool up there. There's not. You can't go on the stairs. It just blocks you. It's like There's, it, a, there's a tiny chain there, if you look really close. <laughs> there, there is a chain. But 
it's like if you just would have spent some extra time fleshing out the hub worlds, that would have been so cool. I mean, imagine being able to walk around in the Hidden Leaf Village or in the desert or going into Corrin's Tower and being able to walk around for Dragon Ball. I mean, things that would be really cool, they just didn't do. And that part of it definitely feels like the game isn't finished or it feels, to me, it feels more like a low-budget Japanese game, which is where they just throw in some stuff very small. Um, I mean, a hub world is a very Japanese idea anyway. If you've played Dragon Ball Xenoverse or Xenoverse 2, they've got it in there. I didn't like it there. I like it a little bit more in this game, but not my cup of tea. Yeah, so for those of you that have played Destiny, the hub world on Destiny and Destiny 2, um, this one's actually bigger than the one in Destiny, but there's less things. So I know that some complaints in Destiny was that the hub world's really big, but there's not a lot of things you can even do in it. Um, there's some things that are spread out and you, it takes a while, you know, to run way over there and then run all the way back. This game seems like it's worse. You have the central location, which like everything is in, and then it goes into all these corridors, like Caleb said, and there's nothing there. So it, it's almost like they added that, you know, thinking, oh, we're going to add stuff in the future and we can just add on to this. But I don't know. It just, it's so empty and it, it's giant. Like Caleb said, there's no, there's no need for it. Yeah. Another complaint I have, it's not a big complaint, but it feels like a massive missed opportunity. This game is Japanese audio only. If your dub's not, or if, <laughs> I was going to say it wrong, if your sub's not dubs, that's fine. You'll love it. But for the vast majority of Americans that consume this stuff, uh, they consume it from like Cartoon Network or something like that in the dubbed form. They know the English voice cast. And for a game that's supposed to celebrate 50 years, it's very strange that they didn't try to do an English version. I know that there are 40 characters in the game, so it might have been expensive, but I think that people would have gone for that more. I mean, I know Dragon Ball Fighters comes and that defaults to Japanese, but you can actually go in and change it to English. They've got the English version in there. This mm. one, there just isn't, and I don't understand why. Yeah, Caleb. I know. So I know you watch some animes with sub, right? Like you don't, you don't really care to watch it just dub, right? Yeah, like it depends on what it is. Yeah. So like for example, um, I talk about Dragon Ball specifically. I haven't seen a lot of Dragon Ball, but the Dragon Ball that I have seen has been dubbed, and it's all been from the same voice actor that we saw, which is Sean Schimmel. Yeah. Thank you. I knew his first name was Sean. I didn't know his last name. Or Schimmel. I think it's Schimmel. I think you pronounce it Schimmel. Schimmel. Okay, so I'm used to him, right? Like, I'm used to his voice. And so it is kind of weird when it puts you into the game. Um, specifically, whenever you're um, battling someone else in two-player offline, um, they kind of have a little bit of dialogue at the front, just like one sentence or two. And when Goku talked, I was like, hmm, that's weird. Because <laughs> it's more of like a feminine voice than the English dub is. And it's just kind of like, it's just a pet peeve thing, yeah. honestly. But like you said, if they would have had all the original... English uh, people doing the dub, that would have been really cool. Yeah. Well, you know that Goku's voiced by a woman in Japanese. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, that makes sense why it's feminine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's a small thing, but I just feel like for a game this big, like, like, there's tons of other games that they do translations for that aren't big games, so why not this one? I don't know. I hope that it'll get patched in. I don't think it will because that seems like a really big thing to try to patch in. So, small disappointment there. Maybe maybe they couldn't get all the voice actors, so they decided to do none of them. Well, that's what I thought, but it just... 
I don't know. Like there are, um, there's some series that the voice actors in the games are different from the show for certain mm. characters. So it's not like they've never done that before. That's true. And I know all of the Naruto people, all of the Dragon Ball people would be available. Probably all of the Bleach people. I'm sure the My Hero people could have made it in. It's just, I don't know. Which is weird with, so My Hero's in this, but there's only one character from My Hero, which is really weird to me. I feel like there should be more, at least Might Guy, like you were talking about. Uh, wait. <laughs> Might Guy from My All Hero. Might. All Might. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, Might Guy. Um, no, All Might. I just imagine Might Guy, or Guy, looking like All Might. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> but um yeah like there's there's like six naruto characters there's like six dragon ball characters um there's like four or five one piece characters but then all the other ones are kind of small but my hero i feel like they would have had more mm-hmm. but there's only um they won't deku uh, yeah they've only got izuku in there um the oh that's car- weird i said deku you said Izuku. Izuku. I was like, Izuku. Uh. <laughs> Izuku Midoriya? Yeah. yeah Deku? Yeah. yeah. Why well, just always call him Deku? Anyways. Anyway. Anyways. Um, yeah. So let's talk about the roster for a second then. The big three obviously have bigger rosters than the rest, like you were saying. Um, but it's it does feel strange for a game that, again, is supposed to celebrate 50 years. Most of the characters in here are fairly recent like from the last 20 years or so. Um, I haven't, there's several series in here that I haven't watched um, and I'm only sort of familiar with, but the ones that aren't are, um, I think it's Demon Hunter is in here. Saint Seiya is in here. Um, Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest, which isn't even a, a show. That's a that's a game. It's just weird that he's in here. And there's, there's two of them, right? No, it's just no, the there's, one. There's just the one. And I'm, I'm trying to think of anyone else that's in here that's older than that. And I can't think of any. And you might say, like, well, that's about the same age as Dragon Ball. And I guess it is. But Dragon Ball has kind of remained in the public conscious. Most of those others haven't. It's weird that there's not more older ones that are in this game. Um, I'm going to see if I can name off all the series in here. I'm not sure if I can. There's One Piece. There's Dragon Ball. There's Naruto. There's Bleach. There's Black Clover, uh, which just has Asta, um, My Hero, which has Izuku. Um, there's Dai from Dragon Quest. There's the main character from what I think is Demon Hunter. Uh, there's the two knights, um, the red and the green knight from Saint Seiya. Um, they've got um, um, jo- uh, Jotaro and um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dio from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, I think that might be... I think that's most of them. There might be a couple series I'm missing. I was going to look it up, Caleb, because I'm curious, because I don't... Like I said, I don't know a lot of them in there. Yeah. There's just some strange choices, like Dai from Dragon Quest. Why was he chosen over, say, someone... Someone else from My Hero or, you know, for the old school fans, someone older than that. I mean, like, Bobobo was a really big show for a while and there's none of those characters in here. I mean, where are they? Okay, so, Caleb, I won't say who's from 
What? But the uh, series that are represented are, like you said, Bleach, City Hunter, Dragon Ball Z, Fist of the North Star, Hunter x Hunter. There's Jojo Bizarre Adventure, My Hero, Naruto, One Piece. Uh, let's see, Roroni Kenshin. Oh yeah, Roroni Kenshin. I can't believe I forgot that one. Uh, Saint Seiya, Yu Gi Oh. Yep, Yu Gi is in here. Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, Hakushu. Hakusho. Hakusho. I had it right the first time. Uh, they have some. Oh, new character, evil, and new character, good. What? What? I don't know. It has a list of all the characters that are in it, and then the animes or those series beside them. Oh yeah, those are oh, story those just, characters. Okay, I was I was gonna say I bet those are just new characters for the yeah. game. Okay, so I missed a couple there, um, but and I guess it's City Hunter, not Demon Hunter. I was thinking of, uh, but yeah, it's it's just strange the selection they chose. Um, there are some of those classics in there, like Dragon Ball, Roroni, Kenshin, Yu Hakusho, which super glad my boy Yusuke made it in. <laughs> I was really hoping he would. Um, but yeah, it's just odd considering like, if you look at the rosters for the other games that didn't come to the U S mm-hmm. there's more variety. Um, and I don't know, I don't want to harp on this for too long, but it's just weird. Now talk about the roster. This is just super quick. Why not add, and this is just nitpicking. Why not add 10 more characters and have 50 characters for your 50 year celebration? I mean, I'm just curious. Like- that, that makes sense. There are, there is a um, DLC pass that's out that you can buy that's going to add nine characters. Okay. But that puts you at 49. Does it say where they're from? No. What uh, they, they haven't said what it, who they okay. are yet. I'm, I would be shocked if All Might wasn't one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some more people from Black Clover since both of those are pretty big right now. Beyond that, I have no idea. Yeah, because I was thinking... From Yu-Gi-Oh, you really only need Yugi. Like, that's it. Kaiba. Like, well, kind of. Well, okay, see, because all... Okay, Yugi's attacks are cards. He uses the cards. So no matter who you pick, if they're still going to use the same cards... If they're still using cards, their attacks are going to be kind of the same. You could change... No, they won't. That's like saying all the people punch, so they're the same. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, okay, in my head, I'm thinking there's no variation between them. Because in lots of other characters, there's huge... Variations, you know, like you have, um, uh, I can't even think. You have Frieza and Goku, which movesets are like completely different. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you are using different cards, they would be okay. They'd uh, be different attacks. Yeah, I see it now. Anyways, I like most of the people that are in here. I don't know a lot of them. But the people that I know, I'm really glad they put in here. There are those few, like All Might, that I really hope they add because that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, but talking about the gameplay specifically. My biggest thing with this, and if you haven't played, you won't really understand, but when you are getting hit or about to get hit, right, you can do kind of a substitution or a counter. It is really hard (laughs) to counter or substitute, and I don't know why. Like, yeah, I think that's just a practice thing, though. I don't know. I don't know. It was funny because me and Caleb had played for a little bit. And I maybe substituted or countered maybe two or three times when I tried to do it like 15 times. Well, Courtney's like, I want to play. And Caleb said, okay. Courtney plays her very first time. She does it like 20 times. She's countering everything. And me and Caleb just look at each other like, how? What do you, <laughs> how? And I don't know. That's, that's really my only big complaint other than some of the camera angles are weird. Like when you do really big attacks and it kind of zooms in behind the character doing the attack, it's kind of hard to see where you are and how to dodge that attack. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's the only thing. Other than that, um, I really like the cutscenes that come along with the attacks. I really like the graphics. I like how the world kind of changes with your attacks, but it doesn't stay changed. I kind of like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so my look on, outlook on this is, I'm going to say right off the bat, if you're a fighting game fan, like a Tekken or a Street Fighter, this is not for you. This is not that style of game. This is a fun fan service type fighter. Uh, think of something like the Naruto uh, Ninja Storm games. Um, it's very similar to that, actually. Um, I actually like it a lot. I don't know if it's balanced or not. <laughs> Some of the characters seem a lot stronger than others. Maybe it's because I haven't spent enough time with the other characters. But yeah, my biggest complaint is kind of what I said my worry was going to be, is it can be tough to tell what's going on at times. It's not as bad as it is when you're watching someone play, but because the camera angle is kind of like shoulder height set back behind the person, it's hard to see in front of you sometimes. If they would have just raised the camera a little bit more, it would have been a lot easier. Like say you're Goku and you throw out a Kamehameha, you're kind of blind. Yeah. Um, and it's it's frustrating sometimes, or like if there's a bunch of stuff going on, you have no idea what just happened. Um so that's frustrating, but if you're a fan of the these anime, if you're a fan of like this type of fighting game, it's really good. It's very fan servicey. It's a lot more fun playing with Jacob, playing with a friend, than just playing a computer by yourself. I think that's probably going to play into it a lot, whether you like this game. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know. It's pretty cool. The characters ha actually have levels. You level them up. Um, I'm not sure what that does i don't know if you can buy different attacks for them i don't think you can you do create your own character for this game um the character creation is kind of poor because it's basically the hair and the clothes and the facial features of all the characters that are already in the game yeah uh but you can customize that person's attacks uh with the attacks from all the other people in the game but it's pretty cool um yeah, I'm not sure what else to say about it. Oh, oh. The UI, I think, is a bit poor. Mm. Um, so there's four gauges, but if you were to look at it, you would only see two. You've got a health gauge, like a key slash energy gauge. Uh, there is a, I think it's called a mobility gauge, and then there's also like a power-up gauge. The key slash energy and health gauges, super simple. They're up at the top. They're always there. The mobility gauge, which is actually what you use to dodge stuff and to counter stuff and to rush towards people, that is a gauge at the bottom of the screen that only appears when you're using it. And I have still yet to see that. You've told me three or four times and I was looking. I still haven't seen that gauge. Yeah, that I think is very poor design because you're never quite sure where it's at or when you can use it. And there's cooldowns for things after you use uh, part of that gauge. So that's frustrating. The other thing, it's not as bad, is your power-up meter is basically a bar that goes around your character's picture icon at the top. Super, super skinny, though. It's like, very small. You could easily miss it several times. Yeah, very hard to see. Um, knowing it's there, it's not as bad. It is pretty bright. But if you've never played before and you're trying to jump in, it's, it's not great. So I wish that was better. I think they tried to minimize the UI so you could see all the beautiful graphics that they've made. Um, but it's just, you know, if you're taking things away and it hinders the gameplay, it needs to go back. 
one other complaint you had, Caleb, was the maps, right? So they only have three maps from the mangas, and then the rest are real-world places like London, New York. Um, the in-game ones are um, the Leaf Village from Naruto. You have... Uh, there's, there's one for each of the big three. There's a yeah, Dragon Ball yeah. one, uh, there's a One Piece one, and there's a Naruto one. And the Naruto one has Big Ben in it from London, which is... Yeah. Kind of weird. <laughs> we know we noticed that one of the last times we played. I'm guessing the Dragon Ball and the One Piece ones also have real world stuff in them. We just haven't noticed. And it makes sense, you know, because the worlds are colliding. But if you're doing a game like this, why only do three maps like that? I mean, it would be killer to get to play in uh, the Dark Tournament Stadium from Yu Yu Hakusho or uh, the school or the training grounds from My Hero Academia. That'd be awesome. And I, the the only other thing really I have to say about it is not about the maps or anything. Um, I mean, the maps look look great, but my thing that I really, really like, which we figured out today when we were playing, is that power-up gauge that Caleb was talking about. For certain characters, uh, whenever you do it, it changes the appearance of the character. So, for example, Goku, right, will go up a form whenever you power up. And then if you power up again, he'll go up to his next form. Um, which is actually really cool. I, I mean, I think it's cool. I didn't want to say it because I don't know where people are with watching it. So I don't want to like... Oh, no, p- people know. Like, if you hit it the first time, you go to Super Saiyan. If you hit it again while you're in Super Saiyan, you go to Super Saiyan Blue. Yeah. Not all characters are like that. Everyone can activate the power-up. Mm-hmm. Some of them only get, like, buffs, though. They don't change their appearance. Although, for most of the characters, I'd say it does change their appearance. Well, I mean, most shonen characters have transformations, yeah. so... Now, not all of them have multiple, like, right. the Dragon Ball characters. But, um, yeah, I think those are really cool. That's I think that's a really cool thing because it, it shows a tiny cutscene of them evolving to whatever it is. Um, and I don't know. I like that aspect. I think that's cool. Other than allowing you to do your big attack, I don't know if that increases your attack power. Caleb said you wish it gave them different attacks. Yeah, like, I wish that when you changed forms... The attacks for some of the characters changed to represent them in that form. Like, if you're Goku, you have Kamehameha, you transform to Super Saiyan Blue, it's still regular Kamehameha. Like, there's there's nothing different. It feels like that's another missed opportunity. Yeah. Even if it does the same damage, just for a different animation or something, you know? Yeah. No, I understand. I mean, that was the last thing. I like the game, personally. Um, it's really fast-paced. It's really, really fast-paced. And I will say the button combination is a little weird. I'm sure you could change that. But to me, the button combination is a little weird. Um, it just doesn't feel as natural as some of those other games like uh, Ultimate Storm. Yeah. It, it takes some getting used to, definitely. It's very much a like foreign controller layout style thing where you realize, oh, this, is, this has to be from another country because it doesn't feel the same as the games that we get here. Um, and that's pretty normal. I don't know if you can change it. You might be able to. Most games you can, you know, like in the options for like... for like, Yeah, but most games also don't send a character just pushing them off the screen like they do in this game with the, the cutscenes. Well, for example, I know you can with PS4. I don't know what the other ones, because PS4 actually has something we can go in the settings of the PS4 and change the and button remap layout. It. That's what Courtney's brother does for Rainbow Six Siege. So I know for a fact you can with PS4, but I don't know about Xbox and PC and everything else but other than that i mean i really like the game yeah it's it's definitely different from games like 
um, Marvel vs. Capcom, Naruto, uh, even the Dragon Ball uh, Tenkaichi games. Yeah, right? Tenkaichi. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, it's. I, we haven't mentioned, everybody probably knows, but it's a 3D fighter. You move in three dimensions versus like a fighters, a Dragon Ball fighters or a Tekken where you move in primarily two. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, if you had to give it a rating out of 10. I would say, are we talking about the entire game or just like the the battling, like the multiplayer? It's up to you, man. However you want to say it. Okay. I would say, from what I've heard from the entire game, I'd only give it, like, a five for the entire game, just because I feel like they missed a lot of opportunities and there's been a lot of backlash. And, like, what you say about the story, I'm a really big story person. So if the story's not great, it kind of hits home with me. But if you're only talking about, like, the multiplayer battling, I don't know, I'd give it, like, a seven and a half. I, I really like the multiplayer. Okay, yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I I would say, like, as a game overall, it's like a five or a six. But if you're an anime fan and you're into this kind of fun fighting, it instantly boosts the score to like maybe even a eight or a nine. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a technically great game, but it's just so much fun to see. Oh, look, let's let's pit Goku up against, um, I don't know, Yusuke or let's pit him up against um, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think of characters and I just can't think there's 40 <laughs> to pick from. Not 50. Just 40. <laughs> I'm, I'm Ichigo. There we go. I was trying to think of the guy from Bleach. I was like, what mm. is his name? I know his name. Ichigo. Goku versus Ichigo. Like, stuff like that. Or even more fun, Swordsman against Swordsman. Zoro from One Piece against Ichigo from Bleach. Like, yeah. that kind of stuff is a lot of fun to see. Um, so, if you're into that, eight or nine. If you're not, eh, five or six. Probably don't even touch it if you're not into anime. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that. Well, Yeah. I'd agree with that, especially if you if you know all the animes in here, man, that's really gonna boost that because I only know three of them and it makes it boost even more. Yeah. So, yeah, go play it. It's fun. Cool. Well, Jacob, that was that, and this is this. It's time for what you've been up to. Okay, so <laughs> I mimicked Caleb while he was doing that. Um, I haven't been up to much. Uh, I really the only thing I've been up to is the Umbrella Academy on mm. Netflix, which we've talked about a little bit. Um, for those of you that don't know, Netflix came out with the original series called The Umbrella Academy. It's, um, kind of a superhero-esque show. Uh, not your typical superhero at all. Um, they don't use their powers as much as you think they would, but, um, it's a really unique show. It's really different. Um, I like it a lot. But I can't even tell you why I like it a lot. You know? Does that make sense? No. Have you ever just seen something you're like, man, I like this. And you think, I don't know. I just, I vibe with it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Like I could, I could see you and be like, uh, yeah, it's more real world superheroes, which is nice. It's not super dark like DC, but it's not like super light like Marvel. It's something unique. And there's actually consequences to what they do, mm. which is really nice. Uh, and it, it's believable. Too. The superpowers aren't like, whoa, that's so out of here. They're more subtle things. They have explanations behind them that actually kind of make sense. Okay. For the most part. Not like Generation X? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, man, this this is not even close to Generation X. That was just way up there. Um, but no, yeah, it has, I think, seven episodes. No, about 45 minutes to an hour long. Uh, the final is a little bit longer than that. 
Uh, definitely a season two is coming. They already announced it, actually. Did they? Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that's what Courtney said the other day. Because I saw an article that said they hadn't announced it. Oh, I thought Courtney said they did the other day. Well, well I'm gonna just look that up so I don't give miscommunication to you guys, misinformation. <laughs> I don't miscommunicate correct information to you guys. Because if I miscommunicate it, it's incorrect. Got it. Let's see. I'm not sure if that's how you should say that. <laughs> Brother. Oh, it's the first, it's the first thing that pops up. Uh, let's see. I, okay, well, maybe they haven't. The Umbrella Academy 2 Season 2 newscast, AO date trailers. Let's see. Caleb, talk for a second. What, what have you been up to while I'm looking at this? Oh, what have I been up to? What have you been up to? Uh, well, not a whole lot, actually. It's been a pretty busy week. I thought I would be done with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood by now. Uh, I'm not, pretty much just because of you. It's all your fault, because you came <laughs> up. <laughs> um, I am really close, though. I think I've got maybe five or six episodes left. So, when you leave tonight, depending on what time, I might finish it tonight. Oh. Um, but it's still pretty good. The, I think I said last week, the second half is different from the first half. It feels a bit different. That continues to be the case, uh, if you've seen Death Note, it's kind of like that, where the at the middle part, like some big things change, and it doesn't ever feel the same. This one isn't necessarily bad, it's just different. Um, it's still wrapping up the same story, so um, I'm, I think it's going to be great. I'm, I'm really excited to finish it. It's very easily bingeable. Again, if you haven't started it, please go watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. It's on Hulu. Just do it. I know I haven't watched that specific one. I haven't watched any of them. Actually, I know there's a lot, though, right? There's several, several different full metal. No, <laughs> Zach actually had the same question we talked about, I think, last week. Okay. Um, there is the original full metal anime Yeah. that they did, and that was being made at the same time the manga was being published. Okay. They surpassed the manga, so instead of doing a bunch of fillers, they just came up with their own story. Okay. So, years later, they came back and said, we want to do one that's closer to the manga. That is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Okay. So, um, from what I understand, the first half or the first 20 episodes are roughly the same. The same content, anyway. And then there's a point where they diverge wildly. Okay. Brotherhood goes with the manga. The original goes somewhere else. Um, I think there is a movie or two that go along with one of the series or both of them. And then there is a completely separate live-action movie um, that Japan did, which is on Netflix right now. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I, I, That's on my list. I have like 20 different animes I want to watch. And that's actually one of them. Because you told me, I haven't forgotten, but I still need to do that. It's one I, of the shorter ones, probably. Yeah, I, I want to finish Naruto before anything, honestly. But I'll probably finish My Hero first because it only has like 12 episodes in the next season. Yeah. That they'll add, or five or six, whatever they'll add. And Naruto, I still have like 200, 300 left. But, um, yeah, Umbrella Academy has been renewed for a second season. So, okay. Yes. It was, uh, the article I saw was from two days ago. Cool. So, definitely check that out. Super cool. The way they left it open, there's lots of things they can do. Um, but yeah, so that's two show suggestions for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was just thinking, I want to rewind for a second. Okay. Jump Force. Yes. They're doing nine DLC characters. Who would you like to see? Ooh. Okay. Here's my one problem with choosing them is I don't know who's all a part of Jump Force. 
for example, is One Punch Man a part of Jump Force? Like, is that part of the? It's it's anything that's published in Shonen Jump. Okay. I don't I don't think One Punch Man is from Shonen Jump. Okay. Well, from the characters, okay, from the things that are in the show, what I would like to see. Obviously, we talked about um, All Might. I would love to see All Might. I'd like to see uh, Bakugo. I think that would be really really cool. That's two of them. Um, I don't know. Part of me wants to say some Dragon Ball characters and Naruto characters, but there's already six. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, and then I don't know a lot of the other animes. So, <laughs> um, oh, I would like to see, uh, he's the guy from One Piece. Um, he works with Luffy. Is that okay. Um, what's his name? Name some people that work with what Luffy. What does he look like? I don't remember. I, I remember, like, his name Bailey, like. Zoro? No. Sanji? No. I'm not that far into One Piece. Man, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to sit and try to think about it. But I don't know. I just want some more characters, honestly. And I don't want them, even though I love Naruto, Dragon Ball, I don't want them to all come from those. Right. Because like we already have games for those. I'd like to see some new characters that I can get used to. Because if I like them in the game... I'll probably watch the anime, for example, if they have one. For example, um, the kid that I played as that uh, has... Asta? Yeah. He was awesome. And it makes me wonder, like, that anime is probably pretty cool. Like, his attacks were legit. And he was just a cool character, it seemed like. So, you know, I don't know. What about you? You know most of these. so I, I, I know of most of yes. these. Um, my issue is most of the characters I know that I want in the game are already there. Like... Roni Kinchin and Yusuke Urameshi. Um Oh Obviously Shaggy. <laughs> Most definitely. Which there is a mod on PC that actually adds Shaggy into the game at, you know, like five percent of his power. Scooby Doo Shaggy. Yeah. Ex- oh yeah. Not the Rapple Shaggy. <laughs> or, or any of the other ones. <laughs> Sorry, so what yeah. what members would you um, have? Um I really want All Might in there. Like I know that he's kind of an OP character, but so is Goku and he's in there. So it should be fine. True. Um, but I, I just really like All Might. Um, and I, I want some like more weird ones in there, like Bobobo, mm-hmm. um, who, if you don't know, is this massive guy with a yellow afro and he fights with his nose hairs. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to think of that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's almost like Medusa. Like they come alive and. And fight and stuff. So it's really weird. Yeah, I know. I can't think of any characters off the top of my head that kind of fit with that line of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I would like to see. I would like to see maybe some more. It seems like the majority, and this makes sense for the game, but the majority of the characters I feel like are heroes out of the 40. I'd maybe like to see some more villains in there. I feel like out of the ones that I do know and the ones that I'm familiar with, I feel like more of them are heroes. Um, actually, more are heroes for sure, but almost every series that has more than one person, I think also has a villain from the show. Because I think, like, Naruto has one, I think, kind of two. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Ball has two. Um, My Hero doesn't have any. It'd be nice to see a villain. Right, because that's only one one person. exactly. Um, Bleach, Bleach has a villain. Yeah, Bleach has a villain. Yeah. Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho has a villain. Um, Jojo has a villain. Yeah, most of them have a, have a villain if there's more than one character. And I think it would be cool. The only other thing I would like to see in a um, DLC maybe 
would be changing costumes for the character that you can play as. I, I love changing costumes. I don't know. That's just me. Um, that's a really big thing I like. And they added some for the character that you make in the game. Um, cause you got on and you said, oh, they added costumes. And yeah, it's just for your character, but it'd yeah. be cool, you know, have, um, Goku in different garments and I don't know. They would just be really cool. Obviously they couldn't for everybody like sell. They yeah. can't really do that. But just for some characters, I think it'd be really nice. They won't do this, but what would be really cool is if they made it more of a Smash style game and started including characters from other companies. That would be really cool. Then you could get the Full Metal Alchemist in there. You could get um, all kinds of people in there. The One Punch Man, Saitama. You could bring in who aren't part of Shonen Jump. They won't do that because it defeats the point, but yeah. it would be cool. I think it'd be cool to see a Marvel game that's kind of like this. I was thinking about it. I think it would be a really cool, like... You mean like Marvel versus Capcom? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Something that's more realistic like this, and the camera movement's kind of the same, right? So I feel like this game is the most unique game out of every fighter game that I've played. Um, everything from Mortal Kombat, where you're on a 2D plane... Uh, to Tenkaichi and Ultimate Storm, where you're more of a 3D. I feel like Marvel, this would work really, really well. And I'd like to see some, like, alt style, like, in this game. I don't want them to be super realistic, but I also don't want them to be, like, cartoony. Yeah, I don't want to say it won't work, because I think anything can work if done correctly, but I don't think it lends itself as well. Why? Most shonen characters um, use a lot of projectiles. Mm-hmm. And so this style works really well for that, the camera angle specifically. Um, but for combos or for physical attacks, um, if that's all you're doing, which is most Marvel characters, I, I don't know if it would work as well. See, I don't know if it's most Marvel characters. For example, you could you could look at the Hulk, right? Mainly melee for the Hulk. You could, you could have moves where, you know, he punches in the ground and grabs like a giant piece of concrete and chucks it at you. It does like a ground smash or something where it comes up. Things like that. Not typical things that you think of for that character. Captain America throwing his shield. Uh, Thor doing a lightning bolt. Spider-Man shooting his webs. You know, there's different things that you could do that are not the typical things you think of specifically with that character, but still works for the character itself. Yeah, I mean, it might work. I don't know. I'd have to see it, honestly. I'm just curious because I, I think it would be cool. Um, you couldn't use all the characters, and there's a lot of characters you couldn't use, because some of them you just can't. Like, Black Panther, I don't know what you would do for a ranged attack, like you said. I don't... But, I think it'd be cool. Yep. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Game companies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because we know you're listening to this podcast. Oh, this is what they do every morning. They call everybody in the meeting room, turn on Cosmonauts, see if they every can morning. ideas. So they listen to the same episode seven times? Yes. <laughs> they really want to flesh out the ideas from it. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, well, we do want to say thank you to Taylor Poole for the awesome intro music. You can find him at taylorpoolmusic.com. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R-P-O-O-L-E music.com. And while you're checking him out, go ahead and head on over to Twitch and watch CNC Power Hour. They stream Magic the Gathering on Sundays. And video games throughout the week. Caleb, what are they on right now? Do you know? Don't know. <laughs> okay, well, they're playing something awesome, I bet. So why don't you go check them out and find out what it is. Also, while you're on the interwebs, please check out our website, CosmoNerds.com, where you can find all of the episodes we've released, some information about us, and it's also the best way to share the show. And as always, Caleb. What is always? Hey. You're about to skip the last part. No, I wasn't. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs>
<laughs> I wasn't going to skip that. Thanks for listening to Cause We're Nerds. Stay up to date with all the nerdy news and podcast drops by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also leave us comments and feedback at cuzwernerds.com. That's C-U-Z-W-E-O-E-N-E-R-D-S at gmo.com. The email, not the website. Yes. And as always, <laughs> if you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you could leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Next week, we're diving into Captain Marvel. Will their first female-led movie be a success? What about the 90s setting? And what about the role of the scrolls in the film? Will they have effects for future movies? Find out next week on Cuz We're Nerds. And as always, <laughs> stay nerdy! Jacob! Yes. Why are you trying to skip the ending? Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're not using notes today, right? This was completely and, off the cuff. And I was flawless. You were flawless, yes. Except for the email. <laughs> yes, which I coupled you. I got you. But I was I was sitting here thinking, man, we I want to say the cuz, you know, stay naughty. Because most of the time when we're doing it online, you can't because we can't see each other and it gets off sync and it's just a jumbled mess. Right? So I was like, I got it this time. So I said it and then you were like, you're going to skip it? And I thought of everything. I said, no, we already said CNC. We already said Taylor <laughs> Paul. We already said the website. What am I missing? And I forgot the entire outro. <laughs> yes, because... What? <laughs> I just tried to say words and my mouth stopped working. Wow. Because most people don't know, we actually record the opening and the closing every single time we do an episode. It is not a canned thing that we stick at the end. Yeah, because we're unique and we'll just OG like that. Actually, it's just because it's easier. <laughs> and we're OG. <laughs> yeah. Let's go with that. Okay. Have a good week, guys. (laughs) See ya.